The farmer couldn't believe his ears. To make matters worse, the laborer just stood there smugly, as if the price he'd offered had been reasonable. What in God's name was the matter with the current workforce? There'd been a time, the farmer remembered, when hiring a laborer for relatively menial tasks had not only been easy, but also hadn't broken the proverbial bank. But this was just ridiculous. Such a steep price to mow a field? Never mind, he said, holding his hands up in refusal to the haughty worker. I would rather the devil himself mow it. Famous last words. That evening, still simmering from the events of that day, the farmer awoke in the dead of night to find that his field was ablaze. Cursing, he stormed out into the night to find the culprit, thinking it to be an act of retribution by that selfsame laborer. Much to his surprise, he found no such person, nor anyone else. Puzzled, he rushed to get some water to extinguish the flames, spending a good hour running back and forth with a wooden bucket to douse the inferno. At long last, the fire had been put out, and the poor farmer looked upon his now-burnt field with dismay. After all, the crops he grew in it were one of his primary sources of income. What would happen to him? An incident like this could certainly spell doom for a poor bachelor farmer. Thus defeated, he walked back into the house and attempted to get some sleep. Of course, no rest came. Instead, he spent the remainder of the wee hours tossing and turning, concerned for his livelihood. With the first light of dawn, eyes red from lack of sleep, he rose to go about his morning routine to the best of his ability, only to find, upon looking out the window, that not only had his field been restored to its former, green, unburnt look, but that it had also been mown immaculately at that. Wide-eyed, mouth agape, the farmer stood there, unable to believe what he was seeing. How in God's name? he found himself asking. But then he remembered the words of anger he'd shot at the laborer the previous day, and a chill ran up his spine. I would rather the devil himself mow it, he'd said. That certainly would have explained the flames, not to mention the fact that no culprit could be found. Besides, it was cut so cleanly that he felt it impossible to have been done by human, that is, mortal hands. Dropping to his knees right then and there, the farmer began to pray. The mysterious event I've just described inspired a pamphlet that was widely circulated throughout southern England in the late summer of 1678, and created quite a stir as a result. Titled The Mowing Devil, or Strange News Out of Hertfordshire, it tells that self-same story about a farmer who refused to pay a laborer a steep price for mowing his field. The now-classic pamphlet bears an image on its cover, a woodcut of an impish figure using a scythe to cut down the grain in a medium-sized field. It certainly was a strange and unusual event indeed for the citizens of late 17th century Hertfordshire, England, but most of us nowadays would recognize it as the first recorded mention of the bizarre phenomenon we now know as crop circles. In the years since the Mowing Devil incident, several such events have taken place the world over that have been attributed to both heavenly and hellish forces, aliens, or simply people looking to stir up some exciting conversation surrounding the circumstances of the circle's creation. Still, it begs the question, what really caused the farmer's field to be cut so immaculately? Was it, as reported in the pamphlet, of the work of the actual devil, or was some otherworldly force responsible? I'm Chester Sakamoto, your host, and let's take a look at this and other such events right now on the History Loves Company podcast, because history is shaped by all of us. One of the best-known and beloved films to cover the topic of crop circles is the chilling M. Night Shyamalan classic, Signs. Starring Mel Gibson as a former priest whose wife died tragically in a car accident, curious events begin taking place in the cornfield outside his rural Pennsylvania home, where he lives with his brother and two children. At first, the vast crop circles that appear are thought to be an elaborate prank on behalf of the town's notorious jokesters. But it's soon revealed that these are tied together to other such incidences throughout the world, and are the first signs of a vast invasion force from across the gulf of space. It's a truly spooky film, one that still haunts and terrifies to this day, 21 years after its initial release. But is there any truth to its depiction of crop circles? 
According to the Oxford English Dictionary, a crop circle is defined as, quote, an area of standing crops that has been flattened in the form of a circle or more complex pattern. It continues, stating that, quote, no general cause of crop circles has been identified, and that various natural and unorthodox explanations have been put forward. The entry ends with many of the circles are known to have been hoaxes. This last part is indeed true, as several such events of the late 20th and early 21st centuries have been attached to specific people or groups who simply wish to stir up some exciting conversation amongst both conspiracy theorists and average Joes alike. But what of that mowing devil incident in Hertfordshire in 1678? Was it an isolated incident? Was it, too, a hoax? Following the publication of that pamphlet, there are no known updates surrounding the curious events that took place at that man's farm. However, in the decades following that incident, other reports of similar circumstances began popping up throughout England, most notably in 1686, when a naturalist named Robert Plott began noticing the strange arrangement of wild mushrooms into circles and arcs throughout the county of Staffordshire. But unlike the farmer, who thought the cutting of his field to be the work of the devil, Plott posited a more scientific reason for this phenomenon air flows from the sky. It's an idea that really took hold with experts of the day, and even as late as 1991, British meteorologist Terence Meaden used Plot's observations in an attempt at explaining the process behind crop circles in natural terms. But as we've seen time and again whenever reports of such events make it onto the local or international news, the elaborate designs that often constitute crop circles mm -hmm. prove that mere wind alone, no matter how strong, could create such details. By the mid-20th century, average Joes and experts alike began looking to space for an explanation. In 1963, an amateur British astronomer named Patrick Moore, while traveling through the town of Wiltshire, beheld a large crater that had leveled an entire potato field. In his opinion, it had likely been caused by, quote, an unknown meteoric body. In adjacent wheat fields, evidence of a process known as spiral flattening was found, which more linked directly to the space rock's impact. These strange designs, which sheared and in some places completely leveled wheat stalks, were thought, so he believed, to be caused by air currents from the resulting crash. The only trouble with this theory was that no evidence of any space rock or meteoric body was ever found, neither near the field nor anywhere within the vicinity of Wiltshire. Besides, the impact from such an object would have caused significantly more damage than what Moore observed. As it enters the Earth's atmosphere, a meteorite, or any form of space debris for that matter, becomes incredibly hot. As such, the impact would surely cause a fire to break out. With this in mind, one has to wonder if it was one such space rock that caused the fire in the farmer's field in the Hertfordshire incident back in 1678, though this, of course, is just my personal suggestion slash theory. Naturally, as meteoric bodies and other such extraterrestrial materials were being brought into the conversation regarding crop circles, it wasn't long before the topic switched to something more sinister. Aliens. Throughout the 1950s and 60s, several UFO sightings were reported in such disparate countries as Australia, Canada, and the United States. These weren't necessarily unusual by any means, but it was their supposed after-effects that drew the attention of the international community at large. For example, following some sightings in the Canadian province of Alberta on August 8, 1967, three crop circles were found in an open field near the town of Dumel. The Canadian Department of Natural Defense was ultimately called to the scene, where they ruled that the circles were, quote, artificial, but couldn't say who made them, or how. The case in Alberta was eerily similar to another that had taken place the year prior, just outside the town of Tully in the Cassowary Coast region of Queensland, Australia. There, a farmer claimed to have seen a saucer-shaped object emerge out of a nearby swamp, only to take off moments later and disappear into the night sky. Upon closer inspection, the farmer discovered a circular formation, quote, some 32 feet long and 25 feet wide, from where the strange ship had disembarked, noting that the grass was flattened in clockwise curves, and that the reeds had been uprooted from the mud. 
A local police officer, experts from the University of Queensland, and even the Royal Australian Air Force all concluded that it was likely caused by natural occurrences, specifically a water spout, a downdraft, or what's known in Australian regional parlance as a willy-willy, the equivalent of a dust devil in both America and Canada. So, we have the devil himself, adverse weather patterns and conditions, space rocks, and of course, aliens. These are all compelling explanations for the creation of crop circles, but do any of them actually hold any weight? Throughout the remainder of the 20th and into the 21st centuries, the appearance of crop circles became increasingly more common throughout the world, though British researcher Jeremy Northcote was quick to note in a 2002 study that they weren't spread randomly through a given place or landscape, but instead, quote, tended to appear near roads, areas of medium to dense population, and, especially in Britain, cultural heritage monuments, namely Stonehenge and the Neolithic Henge Monument at Avebury. From such occurrences, he was quick to suggest that most, if not all, of the reported incidents of crop circles were likely made by human hands, passing off any and all scientific, paranormal, or otherworldly activity. Indeed, from the 1990s until now, several individuals and groups have deliberately made crop circles for any and all manner of reasons, from promotion of businesses or upcoming films and television shows, to simple creative expressions on a massive scale. In anticipation of the Summer Olympics in London in 2012, for example, a field on the outskirts of the city displayed two that depicted the five interlocked rings that formed the organization's logo. Another, this time in 2017, popped up in an open field in Northern California, where a father and son created one in the shape of the Rebel Alliance emblem from Star Wars. In that self-same study conducted by Jeremy Northcote back in 2002, the researcher explains that the draw, if you will, of crop circles goes back to humankind's ancient, even prehistoric past. He cites, among other things, the creation of such large-scale man-made monuments as Stonehenge or the White Horses in the Chalk Hills of Wiltshire in Britain, to the famed Nazca lines of the Nazca Desert in Peru, as a natural proclivity that's deeply ingrained within the human character. While the exact purpose for the construction of each of these aforementioned landmarks remains the topic of much lively debate and discussion amongst historians and archaeologists alike, one thing is clear, that humanity has always striven to create enduring works meant to stand the tests of time. Whether it's due to the fleeting nature of our time on earth, or something greater, i.e. to please and or attempt to connect directly with God or other deities, is something that's been argued for centuries, and will likely continue to be for centuries to come. As for the incident that opened this episode, we may never know for certain what exactly caused the farmer's field to burn, then magically be restored, only to be cut immaculately by an unknown force. One has to wonder if he was even telling the truth, or if it was something made by his own hand. The fact is we don't know, and we likely never will, though what is clear is that it's a tantalizing mystery that, whether real or not, still raises the hair on one's neck. Thank you so much for listening, and for joining me on this month-long series on the mysterious and spooky. With that, I'd like to wish you all a very fun and safe Halloween next Tuesday, and be sure to tune in again next week for another episode of the History Loves Company podcast, because history is shaped by all of us. This is Chester Sakamoto signing off for now. See you next time, and trick or treat! <laughs>